game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Puck back to the left wing point. Kulak will rip a shot. Doesn't get through. It gets into the slot area. Now side of the net. Scores! Connor McDavid! With somebody in front of the net, the Oilers have a 3-2 lead. Connor McDavid nets the game winner with 7.21 left in the third period. He adds an empty netter. The Edmonton Oilers beat the Philadelphia Flyers 4-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Milestones in this game, all on a goal earlier in the third period. Dreisaitl got the goal, career point 700. Nugent Hopkins an assist, new career high, 70 points in a season. McDavid, the other assist, that was his 800th career point as the Oilers rise up in the third period to get this win tonight. They only had 10 shots through the first two periods. They get 17 in the third, and they score thrice to snap a four-game winless skid. They had been 0-1-3 in their last four coming into this one hey look the berry guys are here are those guys that had berry <laughs> are you the berry guys yeah look way to go now we get to had... see their bellies well, again. i didn't i didn't necessarily <laughs> want the partial nudity but that's uh that's good for these guys it adds a little flair to the game all right rob will the oilers get the win bit of a it was like watching a football game played in the mud where you just trying to run the ball and slam it up yeah the, middle. the first but 40 minutes the, weren't the, highly the entertaining flyer, i mean i think the oilers you know, two things you want to look at it from each side the oilers stayed with it credit to them and i think the flyers at least to some extent maybe to a lot of extent ran out of gas well they ran out of gas the it became a bit of a track meet in the third period uh i i think the the flyers would have had a chance in this game had they not taken the four minute penalty four minute penalty now you're killing and you're losing momentum and then they get scored on and then Connor and Leon they played I think about three and a half minutes of that four minute power play or something along that line and at that point the momentum switched and the uh, although having said that Philadelphia did have their one chance and it was a big save by Stuart Skinner on a backdoor rebound if that goes in Philadelphia that's their that's their glimmer of hope once that didn't go in then it was uh, a matter of time before the Oilers scored take the lead and it wasn't it wasn't pretty but they've had games this year where they played better and lost so sometimes when you have an off night and you win a hockey game you don't feel bad about it yeah well i i think that's a good point it wasn't pretty but i think after the way the last week and a half has gone uh they'll just take it and go to 31 19 and 8 on the season as we saw uh, i mean i do i do think the flyers got a little worn down mcdavid's winning goal Dreisaitl took the puck away from four Flyers, and one of them whiffed on it. Uh, I mean, the Flyers had a, uh, a an offensive chance it, it, when they pulled the goalie. I mean, they didn't execute the pass at the top of the blue line to keep the puck alive. I think that's the part, part of the game I was thinking of. They had a line change. They changed lines where the puck was almost still in their own end, and Brett Kulak, of all people, got, got a breakaway. So the, the, the orders just finally, they kept coming, and well, they finally broke. Through. I mean, you, you look at Philly's lineup. Uh, they have a lot of players that wouldn't be playing in the National Hockey League. 
if it wasn't for injuries. They're missing some. I mean, this was not going to be a good team this year, Philadelphia. They're they're not. Uh, they're they're kind of in the middle of a, a reshuffle or a rebuild, and then they're missing five, four, four top players. You know, their best defenseman Ellis is out. They got three top forwards out, so they're going to have to win a game two-one. And uh, when Edmonton pushed and when Edmonton finally got that third goal, they were in trouble. And they knew it. They're a team that doesn't win a lot of hockey games, and they were hoping to win at the end. And Edmonton kept coming. Edmonton, uh, Edmonton had a lot left in the tank because they didn't use a whole lot in the first 40 minutes. They got their power power plays, or specialty teams, and goaltending. The other specialty teams are very good. A couple power play goals, shorthanded goal, and their goaltending. Uh, Stuart Skinner came up with the big, big save in the third that he needed to, and the Oilers got... Uh, an important win. They picked up some points in the Pacific Division tonight. And uh, this is hopefully the start of uh, them going in the right direction. All right, let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. It was um, more like the way we wanted to play. Um, you know, on a, a night where um, maybe everyone's body didn't feel uh, they w the way they wanted it to feel uh, and things weren't as clean as maybe they normally are for us we found a way on a muddy track to get the job done so it's a credit to our players it was, it was good to get the two points tonight was the first 40 minutes sort of philly what they were doing or was this more of a concerted effort to play defense and kind of the way it shook out um you know i don't think it was a concerted effort to play defense if you look at the shot would we give up 14 15 shots maybe after two periods so i don't think we were it's not like we were under siege um that said philadelphia does some good things they work very hard they get above you um they they try and force turnovers in the neutral zone and we were a little bit stubborn and and not clean with our puck play through the first 40 minutes but as i said um you know, we found a way in the third period, and uh, the objective coming into tonight was to win uh, the f both points, not just one, uh, was to come away with two at the end of the night. We weren't perfect, but we got better as the night went on, and ultimately, um, we found a way. I was going to ask that. You've kind, of, kind of been walking the fence between, you know, you weren't winning, but you were still getting points. What's, is there, was there value in this game beyond just... Yeah, psychologically, for sure, I, I think, but... You know, I don't think anyone should, it should be lost on anybody, especially in this room, that we've lost one game in regulation in 16. That's, anytime you're collecting points, that's the business we're in. We're in the business of collecting points. And uh, we haven't been perfect over that, what is that, six, seven weeks now? One loss in regulation. We haven't been perfect over that time, but we're we're doing some good things in order to gain points, and uh, that's a credit to our players and their hard work. Jay, it might seem like a weird question, but is this exactly the kind of win that you guys needed, where maybe you didn't have your A game, but then you you turn it on in the third period and and find a way to get two points? Maybe. Um, you know, I think you know some of our top players decided the game. Uh, it started with, came to life a little bit on the power play. Um, but I saw other contributions as well. I saw Stuart Skinner make a huge save in the third period. I saw um, Devin Shore block an uh, important shot in, uh, in the third period. I saw him draw a penalty. I thought that line of Shore, Ryan, and Pugliarvi was good for us tonight. Um, you know, uh, I think it's important we got the two points. And as I said, um, to go on the run that we've gone on here, um, 
pretty much since post Christmas, but the the only losing one time in regulation in 16 games, that's a credit to our, our players. And you're not going to feel great every game, but um, you don't have to, to feel great in order to, to accomplish the goals sometimes. Stuart Skinner was pretty critical of his own play the first 40 minutes at least and the two goals that he allowed. But yep. as a coach, will you... Remember that, or the or that save again that he that he made in the third period. That yeah, well, I think he made the key save at the key moment for us. He um, don't forget. I think of the previous 15 games, Stewart only played four of them. Um, so it's nice to get him back up and running. Um, you know, Jack has played well for us, and Stewart getting back up and running, feeling healthy again. You know, he was one of those players for us that had been battling uh, illness that had gone through our room. Um, you know, uh, I think he'll feel good about the win and and use it as a stepping stone moving forward. Uh, I'm not going to see you tomorrow. <coughs> What's the chance of Evander Kane or uh, Costin playing in this next uh, couple games? Um, yeah, I think they're day to day. Um, we'll see some. Uh, we're going to the plane tomorrow. Some players that um, um, you know that have been in that kind of status will skate in the morning, and we'll see where where they're at. We're gonna. We don't play for another forty eight hours, so we'll use the f whole forty eight hours before we set the lineup. But um, you know, I think they're they're getting better. I just want to ask you about you know, Evan Bouchard, a young defenseman who, you know, offense has always been his forte. Right now he's just fighting it. You see passes he'd normally make, they're, they're missing the target. As a coach, how do you help a young guy when you can see that his, his offensive side is just not where, you, where he wants it to be? Yeah, well, I think you um, do some things uh, to remind someone of what their personal foundation is. Um, you might show video of uh, successful things in the past. Um, you have an idea or a picture uh, in terms of what makes someone successful. But I also think that you cannot just measure your game on offensive success because sometimes you go through stretches. Um, so if, if you're doing things to help the team win, um, that's important. I actually thought Evan played a really good game in Colorado, um, one of his best of the year. Um, and then uh, I thought he did some good things out there tonight. But again, it was a muddy track. But I'm proud of uh, the way our players figured it out in the third period. And and uh, wasn't pretty, but we'll take the two points. Good. Thanks, guys. That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse 247 .ca. Oilers beat the Flyers 4-2 tonight. It was 1-1 after 1-2-1 Philly after 2. And then the Oilers out shooting Philadelphia 17-8 in the third period to get the 4-2 victory. Connor McDavid tonight, two goals and an assist, plays 25-59, had nine shots on goal, three others blocked, and one that went wide. That's the one that went off the post. And he went 13 out of 16 in the face-off dot. And one thing that really impressed me about McDavid tonight, Rob, on his empty net goal, when a lot of players have that shot, so the ball is on the fringe of the green, but you have a lot of fringe to get through. So are you going to putt it really hard 
and hope you can roll it to the hole or are you going to play the bump and run? And Connor chose <laughs> to get out. I think it was an eight iron, so a fairly, uh, you know, a club he could elevate a little bit and, and then you run it up to the pin. Yeah, he was run he was throwing it up over top of the defenseman at the point. <laughs> He's like, I'm not risking it getting knocked down, so I'm going to get it out. It'll get down. And, I mean, it's Connor McDavid. He, he could flip it up in the air, have it bounce off the scoreboard, off the glass, and call post and in. So uh, he looked pretty confident when he did it. And it went down, and it was important because, it, you know, the Oilers were up by a goal, and if that misses, the Flyers still have a six-on-four power play yeah. for about, I don't know, a minute 45 or close to two minutes. So that was a big one that went in for the Oilers. They needed it. They needed the victory. They needed this two points tonight. Uh, they got it, and they set themselves up pretty good for the remainder of this week. They have themselves a chance to continue to move up in the standings. So McDavid had nine of the Oilers' 27 shots on goal. Carter Hart stops 23 out of 26 tonight. I set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it at 9-10 heart save percentage in this game. It's 8-85. Josh took the under, so he gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. The Oilers win the game 4-2. The, uh, and, you know, Devin Short up and down, up and down in terms of what roster he's he's been on. And you mentioned the last game, Robbie, made a couple of nice plays against Colorado, played 10-44 tonight, and he, you, you mentioned the power play, he drew the, the key penalty. And that was a good shift from that line. They I, got some pressure there. I agree. I, I thought Devin Shores played excellent in the games that he's played. For a guy that yeah, has been more or less practicing for the last month and a bit, uh, it's not easy stepping into the lineup. Uh, most guys that sit get sat out, they sit out for two or three games and they're back in. But to sit as long as he did and then jump in uh, and, and make some pretty plays. He made a really nice pass to, to Barry when he got an his assist. It was last game of the game before tonight. Makes a couple really nice plays, nice reads, draws a penalty. He's out there. He makes the little plays right. Uh, Devin Shore, his, his bar isn't as high as other players. But there's very seldom does he not hit his bar. Does he not play as well as he's capable of playing? So good on him. It, everybody in this line, it's, it's funny, the trade deadline's coming up, and a lot of people are talking about who the Oilers are going to get, and there's excitement. But the majority of players, the trades don't affect them in a positive way. You know, the, the star players, they benefit because you're, you're picking up some new players, but the majority of the players on the team, A, you're either getting traded, which nobody wants to get traded. They want to stay here. Or B, you're getting players are coming in that may take your spot, might move you, move ahead of you in the lineup, might bump you out of the lineup, might bump you off PP, might bump you off PK. So the players that are in the lineup right now, they were doing their best to show, you know what, we don't need to go out and get all this other players because we're capable of doing what you're looking for. So I know that's uh, the, the excitement for the fans uh, about what the others could get. Uh, most players want depth to come in and help them, but these players are playing for their jobs right now, and I think you're seeing that with the role players, how well they've played over the last four or five weeks. That's our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Yeah, you, you make an interesting point. Now, some of the players who could have their ice time reduced could also be the ones traded in a potential trade, but, but I understand what you're saying. But, I mean, if you're looking, so Patrick Kane, just yep. as an example, mm -hmm. and there is there are some rumors about him, if if he becomes an oiler, well, any player, he's he's going on your first or second line. Yep. If he goes to a good team, maybe at this point in his career, 
He's, he's the fifth or sixth best forward on, on a yeah. good, good team. So he's now. going on your first or second line. But, but now the guy who's the sixth forward, well, now he's the seventh he's forward. He's bumped down. And that means and the guy that's. a penalty killer. Well, and that means the guy that's 12th, he's, he's out of the lineup. Or, well, or the the others, if you're the 11th guy, yeah. you're, you're out of the True. lineup. True. And then the, your, your uh, second power play unit, someone's bumped off of that. Uh, Eric Carlson comes in. Say, hey, they're that trade. So you're going to get rid of some players, but there's Eric Carlson's going to your first power play unit. He's not playing on your second. Uh, and then guys are moving down and there's taking away ice time. So it, it, their players appreciate uh, the ownership and the GM going out and trying to make them better. But they also want to be part of it. They don't want to be bumped. They don't want to uh, lose ice time, lose special teams, things like that. So to me, that's why you see a lot of players that are lower down the lineup in the last little while really playing well. And the Oilers' depth players have been excellent for this last stretch. And I think one of it is like, you know what? You're talking about you're going out and getting players. Hey, look at me. Look what I'm capable of doing. And for the most part, they've done it uh, very well for a long stretch right now. Oilers win 4-2 over the Philadelphia Flyers. Owen Tippett is your third star tonight had a goal for Philly nearly had another one he got denied by Skinner in the third period McDavid the second star dry settle the first star the fourth star for Jandell Holmes Alberta's premier modular home retail well I, I think I got to go with Nugent Hopkins simply because uh, he got an assist tonight so he gets that 70th point which is a new career well, high and still you know what 25 games to go you did make the call before the game you said wouldn't it be funny if they all got their special point on the same goal and they did and they well, did. I did but after two I didn't think it was gonna happen <laughs> because it was like I said it was such a slog out there but they got it all got it on a power and play goal it's funny when Philadelphia watches the video of this game and they're gonna see a lot of things they like but on the Connor McDavid goal was that the one that put them in the lead was it not yes the one that put them in the lead five Philadelphia Flyers had a chance to get that puck out right and they all missed it and it was just like the puck was just bouncing all around and it went to the wrong two people it went to Leon then it went to Connor uh, the Flyers had chances but that was to the point where the the Flyers were hoping the game would win they would win the game they were looking at the clock hoping it would click faster and the Oilers started pushing, and they, the Philadelphia Flyers, they were game, but they don't have anyone that can match up against the Oilers' best line when the Oilers' best line played like it did in the third period. All right, so the Oilers take it 4-2. That's a $400 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. It's 100 bucks every time the Oilers score from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accident happened, go to jameshbrown.com. Okay, let's go down to the Oilers' dressing room. Here's Connor McDavid. Big win for your team. Leon said not the best first 40 minutes, but you got the 20 that matter. Yeah, you know, obviously I thought uh, we didn't really have our stuff. Um, you know, we were pretty flat. Only 10 shots through 40, that's not good enough. And I thought we did, you know, had a great response. Um, give them credit. You know, they play us hard. They're uh, you know, a stingy team and uh, they kind of keep everything to the outside. And you know, I thought we did a good job of generating uh, offense there in the third. 800 points for you, 700 for Leon, and huge Hopkins career high, 70 points. Who gets that puck? That's a great question, but, uh, you know, obviously a great accomplishment from Leo, you know, 700, um, you know, amazing feat, and, um, you know, new just having a great year, you know, and just keeps uh, just keeps on going and, and making those great plays. Um, you had some pretty good looks in the first 40 yourself, and then you score on a bank shot, and then an empty net from your own end, but they all kind of equal up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like I've, uh, last, you know, kind of week or so, I feel like I've had some really good chances, and just, uh, 
you know, not, not, they weren't going in. You know, sometimes you need a little bounce. Sometimes your team needs to win an ugly one to go on the run as well. So, you know, kind of uh, the bounce that uh, I maybe needed and our, and our group needed. But this win's good. Maybe not in the moment when you're doing them, you're struggling for 40 minutes and you grind one out. But in hindsight, does a win like this, is it a good thing? Well, you, you got to win games with without your A stuff. Um, you know, I'll, you know, I think it's pretty cliche that you know good teams find a way to win when they don't have their stuff. And you know, I thought that was tonight. Um, you know, Skinny made a huge save there in the third to kind of keep us in it. And um, you know, we did just enough to get a win. Um, it's going to take a lot more than that to uh, to win coming down the stretch. But um, you know, give the boys credit. Hanging on to a 3-2 lead uh, down the stretch there, the last eight minutes or whatever, probably is a tonic that this team needed to have. Uh, yeah, that'd be an understatement. You know, obviously we've we've been in really good positions the last couple, the last week, and um, didn't find a way to close games out. Um, we needed that. All right, that's Connor McDavid, three points, uh, two goals, including the game winner and the empty netter that sealed it 4-2 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, and he said it fairly flat through the first two periods. And, and again, the two teams out there give the Flyers credit. They knew how they had to play. They were committed to it. They couldn't quite keep it up. But, I mean, I was hoping for a little more from the Oilers. Um, I mean, you'd, if, if you can't get the puck to the net or, or you're not feeling it offensively, I mean, you always look for, okay, a big hit, a little bit of aggression, starting a scrum, trying to draw guys into it. But they, like, the shots were 4 nothing Edmonton early in the game. And then they went about 14 and a half minutes without a shot. Barry scored with three seconds left in the first period. Well, yeah, it was not a good first 40 minutes for the Oilers. Uh, they had no spark, no energy, uh, no desperation in their game. And then you start thinking, what if the Oilers don't get that four-minute power play? I mean, the Oilers' power play is the best in the world. And in a, a close game against a, a team that is lower in the standings, a four-minute power play really spells doom for that team. But uh, what if the guy misses Shore's face and, and they don't get it? What happens in the hockey game? Now, obviously, a power play is part of the game. But it, up until that point, up until they took that four-minute penalty, this game hung in the balance. And it's a team that is decimated with injuries, playing on the second of back-to-back, -back and really not having a very good season. And they were the better team through that, amount, that stretch. The Oilers, though, do get the power play, and, and as usual, their power play comes up with a big goal. And then in, you saw the importance in the third period. Jay Woodcroft went with his top players on the same line, Connor and Leon, for the majority of the third period. And when they were out there, Philadelphia didn't have an answer. They don't have the players that can play head-to-head uh, -head against those, uh, those stars, and eventually... The Connors and the Leons took this game over and gave the Oilers an important win. But Connor McDavid actually talked about the fact Stuart Skinner made that safe. Yep. Uh, that would have given the Flyers a jump start and an Oilers team that I wouldn't call them fragile, but that has gone through some disappointment as of late with the way they've lost leads or haven't played in the third period. If that goal goes in, if Skinner doesn't make that save, you would. My first thought would have been to look at the Oilers' bench to see if there was a deflate, yeah. to see if they would have hung their heads. But Skinner made the save, and that allowed the Oilers to complete uh, the comeback. Well, and Woodcroft said it, which is, and I, this is how I started the faceoff show with Bob. How do you look at this? The only one regulation loss in the mm -hmm. last over a month, or do you look at they can't win in overtime? They're 10-1-5 in their last 16 games. 
That's 25 out of 32 points. That's a 781 points percentage. I mean, over the course of a season, that would be 128 points. Well, and, that, and that's why I know that there was so much doom and gloom, and there was a lot of negativity thrown at the Oilers because of the way they've lost these games. And I'm, I keep looking at I'm like, this is an incredible stretch they're on. Like an incredible stretch. Uh, they've bumped themselves way up in the standings. They are now three points out of first place in the conference. And, uh, yeah, the, the, there's been games they haven't finished the way they wanted to. But tonight, the Vegas had a lead in Chicago. They lost. Seattle lost on home ice to San Jose. Toronto got beat up by Chicago. It, it's a tough league. And to, to some of the things that I've heard or read or, or people have talked about, I'm like, you know what? Soiler team, again, one, one regulation loss in 16 games. Uh, they are a good hockey club. They have a very good chance of winning the conference. And I, I think that it, sometimes we expect too much because of Connor and Leon, when at the end of the day, I think the Oilers are pretty close to where everyone expected them to be. Most people thought they would win the division and battle for the conference. Well, they're on pace or very close to that pace to do that. And here's what happened around the league on the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Hawks beat the Golden Knights 3-2 in a shootout. Did you see the end of that game? Yes. Johnson, first of all, jo Tyler Johnson tied it on a power play with 55 seconds left. Time is expiring in overtime, so Patrick Kane fires the puck from... Well, just, just inside the top of the circle straight away. He had a breakaway. Yep, yeah, he, on the ring at time line. was running yep. out, so he fires it. it. It goes bar down... Chicago celebrating the win. Hold on. I, I'm trying to watch the Oilers game and look at the replay, and I thought he went in with a tenth of a second left. But they said, no, it wasn't all the way in. So they go to the shootout, and then the Hawks win. So and I mean, the, now the Golden Knights are saying, well, we squandered a point, right? Well, absolutely, 100%. That's why it's, it's so hard to criticize a team right now that in Edmonton that has got one. There's only one game in the last 16 games where they didn't get points. That's that's impressive, very very impressive. So not all them not all of them have been pretty, but at the end of the day, if they win a playoff series and three of the games are ugly, but four games result in victories, you're celebrating a seven a seven game uh, series win. So uh, there's things that the Oilers want to clean up. It will be interesting for the next I guess nine days as we await what happens at the trade deadline. But this is an Oiler team that is finding ways to get points and finding ways to move themselves up the standings. Also, the Wild beat the Kings 2-1, so that helps the Oilers in the Pacific. Ryan O'Reilly has a hat trick. Maple Leafs take down the Sabres 6-3. Hurricanes win 4-1 over the Blues, who are uh, not looking like they're going to get a lot of wins here in the next couple months. Canadians beat the Devils 5-2. Again, we go on. There's a bad Montreal team that went into New Jersey and hammered on the one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Red Wings score a 3-1 win over the Capitals and the Lightning all over the Ducks. 6-1 is the final and the Oilers farm team, Bakersfield, 3-1 win over San Diego. Is that put the, oh, the Detroit Red Wings now are two points out of a playoff spot with four games in hand on the Florida Panthers. They put themselves right back in the mix in the Eastern Conference, which to me is shocking. 
but they are, uh, I believe, I would yeah, think. Yeah, well, by points percentage, they're ahead of Florida and yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. So they, my, I would think they'd be ahead of schedule. <laughs> Because I didn't think the Detroit Red Wings were going to be a playoff team this year. All right. And here at Rogers Place, the Oilers beat the Flyers 4-2. You can get in touch. 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're also going to hear from Dreisaitl and Skinner. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Off of Van Riemsdyk, it will come out. And now brought in down the right wing, and Frost puts it to the net. Save me by Skinner coming across to the right pad. What a save. Brilliant save by Skinner with 10-13 left in the third period. The game was tied at two at that point. The Oilers go on to win at 4-2. It's the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner's record now 14-11-4. Here he is. This kind of one that on a lot of fronts you guys needed. Yep, it was massive. Uh, very happy that we got the win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> feels uh, feels like forever since I got uh, since I got a win when I was in there. So to have that feeling back, it feels really good. What did you make of the first 40 minutes? It was kind of a, like a chess match and not a very good chess match. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was definitely a little bit slower. I think uh, Philly did a great job in their neutral zone. Um, we had to you know find a way to kind of break through that, and I thought we did. Um, and saying that, I thought my first 40 minutes, I could have been a lot better. I uh, know that the, both the goals I should, probably should have had. So um, it was uh, it was really nice feeling that uh, the, the guys battled back for me and uh, got a, got the two points. Does that third period save kind of make you feel like you made amends for, for maybe the first 40? Yeah, a little bit. I was. I was kind of thinking I better save this because that after that first uh, first 40 is, you know, is obviously tough. So uh, being able to make that save, hopefully that you know put put a little bit more trust in the guys that you know I'm ready to go. So, so you're even with Carter now. Yeah, one and one in the NHL. So uh, hopefully uh, hopefully I can keep on banking points on them. Don't play enough to, to bring your racket. Yeah, exactly. So the games that we do play them are are big. <laughs> is it a bit of a weird uh, situation? I know a goalie always wants to have you know good work in front of him, but where you don't get a lot of shots, where you actually feel like okay, not getting <clears> enough work. Yeah, I think uh, I think the more work you get, especially if you're doing well, I think the more confidence you feel and just the better you just get more into a rhythm. Uh, I think getting kind of low shots, like even for Carter, he had 10 in the first 40 minutes. So I mean that would have been tough for him too. So um, yeah, you just. That, that's for us as a goaltender, you know, you, you play in a lot of games like that. So you got to get used to that feeling. You got to make sure that you're always ready mentally and um, make sure you're physically ready because sometimes you can get cold out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not there yet. <laughs> maybe, uh, may, maybe soon. If we were up like 7-2, I probably would have tried. <laughs> not 4-2. Uh, not yeah, Skinner stops 23 out of 25 is the stat on him. I don't know if he had a really good angle. <laughs> he was asked about shooting at the empty net. I don't know if he was considering that tonight. No, I, I, you and I, as we were talking off air, we weren't talking about Skinner going for the empty net. We talked about Vinny DeHarnay a couple times, had the puck on his stick. But one of the things that you and Bob talked about before the game about DeHarnay is he knows who he is as a player. 
And Dayarnay's like, yeah, I'm not going to waste one down the ice. I'm going to put it off the boards and get it out, make sure that I get it out of harm's way and waste some time. So, uh, but there were a couple times I, I thought I'm up there. Come on, come on, Dayarnay, go for it. You can, you can hit the net from there. But uh, uh, another nice play, again, for Dayarnay comes in. And again, he, you know, he rarely sees defeat. He really mostly finds victory. And... Who's out there at the end of the hockey game again? Dayarnay uh, trying to help hold on to a lead. So he's found his role with the Edmonton Oilers. Dayarnay plays 12-17. Four hits, couple of blocked shots tonight. Some other stats of note. Nurse plays 22-22. He was credited with five hits and a blocked shot tonight. Kyler Yamamoto plays 16-33. He was credited with four hits this evening. I mentioned McDavid, 16, uh, 13 out of 16 in faceoffs. Dreisaitl also strong. 10 out of 14 as the Oilers won 55% of the draws this evening. 4-2 win over the Flyers. We will go to the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, go ahead, please. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, I want to start with this. For me, for me, the game turned not only when Dreisaitl tied the game on that power play, but when, when Skinner made that save, I, I think it was on Tippett. I, I said to myself, "There's no, there's no way the Oilers are going to lose this game," simply because I, 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 I remember thinking that was Philly's one chance to get back whatever momentum they, they may have still had, and they didn't. And that's when I thought, okay, the Oilers, they're gonna, they're gonna find a way to get one, whether it's McDavid or Drysaddle. Some, somebody's gonna step up and get one, and they're, they're gonna find a way. And obviously tonight, I thought. You know, the first two periods, despite their, uh, the Oilers only mustering 10 shots, and I mean, the first two periods, the, there was a bit of a lull. It was a bit of a sleepy game, but that's how a team like the Flyers play. But I thought I thought in the third, once the Oilers took over, just it, see, it seemed to me like Philly had, had absolutely zero answer for that. Well, yeah, I mean, the Oilers took over in the third for sure. I, I, and, and again, I think a combination of... Philly's lineup not being as good, and I, I just think their energy maybe dropped off a little bit. Well, the Oilers got the four-minute power play, and I, I think even before Drysaddle scored on, I think the Philadelphia bench was probably a little deflated. There, everything's going well. They're working hard, and they they know what Edmonton can do on the power play. And they look up and they see a four-minute, and they're like, "Oh, can can we hang on?" Right. And so there was a bit of a. Uh, shoulder shrug right there and then when Drysaddle scored it's like and there's still time on the second power play now they're like oh here we go again so it was tough hey one thing I did, we didn't talk about that I wanted to I don't know if you saw it it's in another game David Pasternak do you see what he did in his game last night so Pasternak has two goals yes he, there's an empty net and he has a wide open net to shoot at for the hat trick decides not to shoot he passes to David Creechie for the empty net goal because it was Creechie's 1000th game you don't talk about too, many, too much about things that are very positive around the National Hockey League sometimes. Dave, uh, Pasternak has a chance at a hat-trick, pass it up, and he said all along, he said the whole game he was looking for Krejci to set, up him, set him up for a goal so he'd do something special in his 1,000th game. So good on Pasternak and good on David Krejci with 1,000 games in the National Hockey League. Yeah, Boston, 43-8-5. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight, 13 points percentage. And, and you wonder if they're going to do something. They're, they're all kinds of talk about what they're going to do at the deadline. It's like, why? 
<laughs> You're really good well, already. Have to beat, well, they're going to have to beat either Tampa or I mean, Toronto. They're, they're going to be heavily favored against whatever wildcard team they play. And as we have seen, I mean, there, there could be an upset, but you'd expect them to, to then play the winner of Toronto and Tampa Bay. So... It's totally different once you're up against another elite team for two weeks straight. But that is true. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, they went out and got Ryan O'Reilly, who just happened to have three goals and an assist right. tonight for his hometown Toronto Maple Leafs. I, it's funny. In, in, in the West, really, it's starting to... The Calgary Flames really are the only team, probably, that has a chance to make the playoffs. And they're starting to fall off as both Edmonton and Minnesota won their last games. So Calgary's a little bit behind. But if you look out east... There is, uh, so there's like six teams battling for those last two playoff spots. That's going to be a dogfight. And that's why the game that the Oilers have against the Penguins on Thursday or so uh, is going to be exciting because those two points that the Penguins are looking for from Edmonton are humongous because there is a logjam from 7th through, what would that be, 12 or 7th through 10? I can't count. I think 7th through 10. Yeah, it'd be 7th through, well, 12, right? Because Pittsburgh and Detroit are not in the playoffs. Yeah, 7th through 12, yes. And then Washington... Okay, well, yeah, Pittsburgh 63, Detroit and Washington 62, Buffalo 60 yeah. for points. So there's, it is a dogfight out there. A lot of fun to watch in these. The Western Conference starting to spread out a little bit. Uh, the, I guess the one team everyone's going to be watching is Nashville because they have some pretty good players that if they are going to fall out of the playoff race, Ekholm is the number one one that they've talked about. He is a very good defenseman. Yeah, but, but you make a good point. Edmonton's now seven points ahead of Calgary. Yep. So, now Edmonton is still in a wild card spot. They have 70 points. So does Seattle. Seattle has a game in hand, so they have mm -hmm. a little bit better points percentage. But you're, you're right. For Calgary's the best non-playoff team in the Nashville with 60. Edmonton's 10 points ahead of Nashville. No, I mean, the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. It's a matter of where they are in the playoffs. You know what's funny? If, if, the, if the playoffs started today, the Oilers are in the crossover. They're going over and playing Dallas in the first round yeah, which is only a two-point difference only two points yes yeah. but that means you're going through dallas and colorado and winnipeg i think that is a tougher division a tougher route than it is going through seattle la and vegas yeah that's yeah that's right if you cross over you stay in that division yeah, you're for, in that for the second round as well so yeah gonna be fun but the, the oilers do get the two points tonight as they knock off the philadelphia flyers 4-2 to snap a four-game winless slide we have eric and rocket up next on the phone lines we're going to get to you guys as well you'll also hear from leon drysettle who fired in a power play goal tonight for his 700th career point 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch we are live in studio 99 we'll be coming back after the news with more heartland ford overtime open line is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. And Luxell will get it out. And Allison takes a hit in the neutral zone. Bouchard at center right. All right, there's our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. The Oilers get three in the third to knock off the Philadelphia Flyers. 4-2, so the Oilers are now 31-19-8. and eight. The Flyers are 23-26-10. and 780-496-0063. We have Eric standing by. Eric, go ahead, please. Gentlemen, 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 how you doing tonight? Good. Keep yourself warm? Well, we're anyway. indoors. <laughs> there you go. You know, I'd like to talk a little bit about our coach. Sure. And 
the reason I like to talk about him is because the guy's got so much class. And, like, even after some of our hard losses, uh, even through a game that we probably, you know, shouldn't have won, but we did, thank goodness, uh, the man uh, holds himself accountable. He, he he leads by example, and you can even tell by the way his players talk. And I just think because we have such a good leader, um, we're going to succeed. And I don't know. I just that's really all I have to say because everyone likes to talk about Connor and Leon and Yamoto and and Skinner and and this and that. But I think we should give kudos to Coach because he. Um, he's just a classy person and I just feel honored as an Oilers fan to have him standing on our bench with uh, uh, well, two of the greatest players in the game and it just he's, he's got this humble strength about him that, I mean, heck I spent 25 years in the military and I'd follow him into a into a game any day and I just I think we should give him kudos because he's got to me I think he's got class I think he's got leadership um, uh, that I can't explain and I just like to listen to him and watch him after the games because I know he's not going to pass the buck. He's going to, you know, take it on the chin and say, this is what we're doing wrong, but this is what we're going to do right. And to me, no matter if we have a bad game or a couple of games we lose, he makes me feel better as an Oilers fan. Yeah. Does that make any sense, guys? Well, that that's high praise, Eric. Thanks for saying that. Because often when it comes to a coach, <laughs> whoever it is, <laughs> we only get uh, the calls for the people who... Uh, are, are on the are, other are side critical, of the fence are critical yeah. of him. I mean, Jay's got obviously got a very good record here. Um, I, I do think if you look at his overall tenure, I, I do think it's an advantage that he knows some of the younger players who yep. he coached in Bakersfield, so they, they know what to expect. You know, I know a lot of talk with the Oilers under all the coaches since Connor and Leon became stars was playing them together apart too much not enough and, and sometimes we've discussed that with Jay but I, but I do think he has uh, empowered some of the depth players I, oh but he, he's had his ups and downs with it too no I agree, yeah. I agree. there's I, parts of the year especially early in the season where he was falling no, in no, love no, with his best players no, but no I, I agree but I also think that you know as he said he was asked about that today and he said well if, uh, if a depth player plays well, does that mean I should play him more? Or does that mean he's getting an appropriate amount of ice time that allows him to excel, right? Well, it depends who you ask. If you ask the depth player, he'll You're say, right. give exactly. me more. <laughs> uh, the coach says, no, I think right. this is exactly what you want. Uh, he's been good. Now, having said that, I do believe the coaches that the Oilers had before, I think Tippett was a very classy person. I think McClellan, very classy person. Uh, Woodcroft's come in, and he's got his players playing, for the most part, how he needs them to play. He's had the most success of any coach playoff-wise in the long, long time here in Edmonton. Uh, but they will be judged again on how they do this yep. April, May, and June. Uh, but uh, the dealings that we've had with them, or well, I can only speak for myself, that I've had with them have been incredibly positive, but I can say that about the previous two or three coaches well, as well. Well, Hitch so. wanted you to come back and play. 
<laughs> just so he could yell at me. He wasn't done. He still had some aggression still left from coaching me the other four years. So he had he wanted me to come back so he could scream at me a couple more times. Um, I mean, we had a caller a couple games ago who said he, he was tired of listening to Woodcroft after games, and that was after a loss. And I always say, well, as a fan, you're frustrated and you're emotional after a game, and the coach probably isn't going to rip the team. Well, and now, he shouldn't. He was critical after the last game. He but said, he, "He said that's not a point. I'm not going to celebrate getting a point. We, we didn't execute well. And th that was probably, after the Colorado game, that was probably the harshest publicly Woodcroft has been on the team. Most frustrated, yes. But there was probably nothing said publicly that he didn't say in the room or that the players weren't saying to each other. Oh, you know, and, the players, and the players were saying it themselves. Vogel themselves. came out. Yeah, yeah but so. he's not going to come out and, and rip a player, nor should he. That is a, a private thing. Now, sometimes... So that was the Tippett-Koskinen thing, Yes, right? and, and Tippett shouldn't have done that. And Tippett, uh, I mean, knows better than that. You, you can't ever rip a player publicly because a player can't rip a coach publicly. I mean, this is, it's like a family. When you, if you and your wife are having an argument and you go out for dinner with 12 other people, you don't continue the argument at dinner and then s spread your dirty laundry. You pretend that everything's good, then you go home and argue there like everyone else does. So as a family, you can't make your family problems public. That's not what it's for. You have a dressing room for that. And that's Not that quick, my wife and I ever are. That's a quick preview of Rob Brown's <laughs> marriage counseling show debuting this Saturday at 3 p.m. here on 6.30 Chet. <laughs> marriage with Rob only on 6.30 Chet. Well, yeah, you're going to have the he said, she said. You'll have this my version. special guests. <laughs> Holly Brown. Will and Jada Smith. Jada Pika <laughs> oh, Smith. No. no. Anyway, it's 33 years we've been together. by Chris Rock. <laughs> Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Rocket on the line. Go ahead, Rocket. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> After that, I mean, every time Robs, you guys go on, it's like it's like you try and throw me off. It's like you know what I'm calling you. Oh my God, that is too funny, you guys. Well, you're more than welcome to weigh in on my marriage. So anything you need no, to say, it's good. No, you aren't. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, no longer an expert at that, Rob. <laughs> Is anybody? Uh, yeah, probably not. No, I don't think. Uh, unless you're saying right. you're right. Let's go. Hockey, go. <laughs> so um, I'm not going to talk about the game. I want to talk about statistics because I've been looking at stats and looking at previous Euler historical stats, including the early 80s when we were winning all the Cups, we potentially have four guys that could reach 100 points this year. Yep. I'm looking at it right now. That's only been done three times before in Euler history. If we get Carlson, he's at 76 points. And for sure, we'll hit 100. Yes. Though I, I don't, I don't think, think we're getting get Carlson, though. You don't? No, God, no. I, I, I would say I'd be shocked, absolutely shocked if we got Carlson. Oh, really? I just, I, I, he's got $46 million left in his contract. I, I just do not see how it's possible to work it. Yeah, it's, it's been fun chatter, but it's... I mean, it's funny, uh, Sarah Velli on Bob's show said he doesn't even think he'll get traded in the summer, that he'll be a shark. I, I, I just did, I find it hard to believe that you yeah. know, someone's going to anyway, take it. Yeah. Rocket's got stats. Where, where else are you going, Rocket? 
Regardless, if not, we, we'll have four guys that could potentially be there, which has only been done like three times in Oilers history. So we already have like a solid team. So whoever we do get is going to help. Uh, but I just thought Carlson would be like, you know, the Paul Coffey icing on the cake guy. Well, Carlson, any team that he went to, if he went anywhere else, he would make them better. He's, he is a great, great hockey player having a fantastic season. I just don't think he's going to be traded. I think there's just too much money involved in a cap era where most teams have no room. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a fun what if, and certainly, I mean, we're, we do talk shows, so, so we'll <laughs> talk about it. But And, and you know, Stoff was talking about this too. The, the price for defensemen is really high. I mean... You're going to trade Columbus two or three picks no. for Gavrikov? I, 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 I don't mean, like rentals to start with, and I certainly don't like big picks for average players. And he is an average player. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Does he do anything that Kulak, Kulak or can't Bro- do? Or Broberg? Or, I mean, or the way the ice time is being divided up, and Bob and I talked about that yep. too. You know, DRNA kind of takes a couple minutes off Bush, a couple minutes off this guy, and it just seems to yeah, be I, filling. I, I, again, and, and here's where you have to look with the future. A year and a half from now, the Oilers have to, well, Leon Drysell is going to make a decision if he's going to resign here. Now, if you start mortgaging your entire future for this one run, players know what's coming down the pipe. So if you start giving up everything right now, so t- to me, I, no, they, I don't think he's a good enough player to give up the stuff that they ask for. I, I just, it, to me, it doesn't move the needle near enough. All right, so the Oilers win 4-2 over the Flyers. Whenever they get to 5, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That means you could print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. You will hear from Leon Dreisaitl when we bring you back. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Behind the flyer net, all the way across, Nugent Hopkins to Dreisaitl scores! Leon Dreisaitl at a sharp angle has tied the game at two. All right, so that's the goal. With a lot of milestones, Dreisaitl, 700th career point. Nugent Hopkins, 70th point this season. That's a new career high. And McDavid, career point number 800. When I was walking up here to do the post-game show, I saw the trainer with a saw out in the hallway. So they're cutting it into three pieces. So each guy gets a bit of the puck for their big point on that goal. Really? No. No, I did not. I was see like, that. why were you by the dressing room? <laughs> I got lost on my way from the press box to. Well, that I believe. <laughs> well, it, it wouldn't be the first time. No, you're right. <laughs> McDavid would score twice after that, and uh, the Oilers win 4 2 over the Flyers. Here's Dreisaitl. Getting on the power play and a big goal for your team. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, definitely a big goal, big win for our group. Um, dropped a couple, but um, yeah, two of the best players in the world, uh, plain and simple. Um, you know, it's so much fun, um, you know, sharing the ice with these two. So um, feel very fortunate and, and, and very honored that um, you know I get to play with these two for for a long time. There wasn't a lot going on in the first two periods, and the guys only had ten shots. Didn't give up a ton either, but then just able to kind of turn it up, maybe a roll reversal from the last two games in the third? Uh, yeah, for sure.
sure. Um, you know, we were a little sluggish maybe the first two periods, and um, you know, weren't weren't very sharp with the puck, and, and couldn't couldn't really create too much. Um, in, in any way, so um, you know, coming out with two points and then playing a pretty good third period is, is big for us. That save by Stuart Skinner in the third period, pretty massive. It doesn't get a lot of shots, but when you make a save like that, it really seemed to lift your bench a bit. Yeah, absolutely. We we knew that too. Um, Stewie's done that all year for us, so um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, lifted our bench up big time, and, and you know, uh, yeah, obviously helped us get two two big points. What do you think you guys did differently? It just it wasn't there the first two periods. You put string passes together. You weren't making any offensive. It looked like a different team the last one. Yeah, I mean, you, you're down a goal. Um, didn't go your way for 40 minutes, but you still got 20 minutes, right? That's the talk in the dressing room. Um, you know, this time of year, uh, no one really cares if it's pretty or not. Um, you know, we've played two good periods um, the last two games, the first two, and, you know, kind of blew it in, in the third. So uh, we'll take it. We'll take the two points and move on. So the first 40 were what they were. Were you guys sort of comfortable in that situation that you wanted to tighten things up defensively anyway? Yeah, I, we would have liked to play better, create a little more, um, you know, more shots on net, um, create a little more, you know, dangerous dangerous chances for But, um, you know, got to give them credit. You know, they, they played us tight. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good win. It's a good, uh, good character win for a group. All right, that is Leon Dreisaitl helping the Oilers beat the Flyers 4-2 tonight. So a couple of road games coming up for Edmonton. They will play in Pittsburgh on Thursday and then play Columbus on Saturday. Remember, that's an early one, 10.30 in the morning, Edmonton time for that start. And then, well, I don't want to get too far ahead here, but the <laughs> it's, it's going to be fun. There are going to be some good tests ahead. The, well, home, the homestand next week is uh, Boston, Toronto, and Winnipeg, and then you also have a road game in Winnipeg Saturday, March 4th. Uh, those teams aren't playing well this year, are they? They haven't. <laughs> I mean, Winnipeg's got a good team. And I was watching. Did you see any of the Jets and Rangers last night? I did not. I watched the third period. Like, Hellebuck. Oh, he had 50 saves 50 in the game. 50 saves. Yeah. Uh, like, just. <laughs> he's good, and he's having a yeah. great year. Fantastic season. And that homestand, that is after the trade deadline that is leads it? up to it leads up yeah, to the, the, trade the deadline. home game against the jets is the evening of the trade deadline and again they should not play on the trade there deadline. You, that is the dumbest thing that the nhl does make it make the trade deadline on a monday like it has been in the past and it's a dark monday so that there's nothing that time so it allows i mean it's it's just not fair that a team i just made a trade so we've got to take three guys out of our lineup and we're calling guys up for the minors or we're playing short it, it's just a dumb non-rule in the national yeah, hockey i know the schedule's hard and all that kind of it's, stuff well, it's hard to make it but it's not i think you can find it to, to keep because there are days during the season where there's like one game so that day is the day there's zero games and uh you you have the trade deadline and that allows teams to get their players to and from wherever they're going kale mccarr is in concussion protocol that's Sa scary that's too bad it is i mean hopefully it's more precautionary, and they're going to give him the length of time that he needs to get healthy. Uh, and he's an incredibly important player for the Colorado Avalanche, but to me, he's an incredibly important player for the National Hockey League. We all get to see Connor McDavid on a nightly basis, and he is a superstar that brings people into the into the arenas. Everyone wants to see Connor play. Kale McCarr, he would be up there. He'd be in the top five players in the world that you want to see on a nightly basis. Yeah, Colorado third in the Central. 
tied with Minnesota. They have a couple games in hand. So that, that's a, that's another thing you always get when you look at the wild card. Then you get to look. Oh, wait a minute. Where are they in the division? Because sometimes a team in the wild card's eight points out of third, and then other times like Minnesota, they're they're right there. Well, so that's going to change. And we talk about the Oilers winning their division. The Oilers could win their division and get stuck playing against Colorado that's, that's in the point. first round. Or yeah. what could it could be even worse? They get stuck playing Minnesota. We know how Oilers play against Minnesota. It, it hasn't been well, good in the Well, once you get into years. the play, I mean, is there such thing as an easy matchup? I, I know we were talking There's about easier. Boston. Like, Boston, the Bruins will likely be over 30 points ahead of their first-round opponent. Yep. But again, Tampa Bay Columbus was not too long ago. True. Would you rather play uh, the Seattle Kraken or the Colorado Avalanche? in the first round of the playoffs, a team that's a hardened team that's won a Stanley Cup or a team that's never been in the playoffs before. So there are, uh, I mean, there's always a chance for an upset, but there are teams that you would feel more comfortable as a player and more comfortable as a fan watching your home team play against. Well, and here's the thing. New Jersey's probably going to play the Rangers. That's <laughs> So New Jersey's having this fantastic season, and they're playing a Rangers team and, that and has been on fire yeah, since Christmas. Second, if you just look at the second-half record, the Rangers, they might wind up with the best record in it's the second true. half of the season. It's so. true, and they just got better. Uh, uh, but it, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen here in Edmonton over the next nine days before the deadline, but it is fun the lead up for if you're a fan of the sport just to see what happens see where players or what players move what teams are thinking of what depth players are coming in and you also look not only depth players you look for depth players that have been there before that have championship pedigree that have been in playoff runs those are the kind of players well, you want and that's the thing with the Leafs and O'Reilly yeah I mean, he's a he's a good hockey player but he's won a it's championship not just, it, and it's not for him it's not just skill he's He's grit. He's determined, he's heart. grit, heavy, well, whatever you want to use. Like he, he's a, he can be mean if he needs to be. I mean, he's a captain. Yeah. So like he's, he, they just added more leadership into a dressing room that already has pretty good leadership. And not only was he a part of a Stanley Cup championship team, he was a huge well, part. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah, he was a huge part of it. So that was a big, big trade for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yet they're going to need him because they've got to go through either the team that's been to the Stanley Cup the last three years and has two cups or the team that's having one of the best seasons in the history of the National Hockey League, the Boston Bruins. They're going to have to beat probably both those teams to move on to the third round. All right. Oilers win 4-2 over the Philadelphia Flyers. Get more on the game on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers is Thursday. Oilers at Flyers, 3.30 in the afternoon for the face-off show. The game will start at 5. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here inside Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Chet. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.